This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Listening to MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. I'm Liz Gill with Jay White, and we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. If you miss part of an interview and want to go back and hear the show in its entirety or just that part of the interview, please download or stream MPB Season Pass from whatever platform you get your podcasts. I'd like to welcome to the show Marketing and Promotions Coordinator for the Mississippi Gulf Coast Bill Fish Classic, Robbie Carter. Thanks for coming on the show today, Robbie. I enjoyed the invite. I really appreciate the opportunity. On February 22nd, we spoke with a former president of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Big Game Fishing Club, so listeners can go back and hear that interview to get a fisherman's perspective. Robbie, you're going to be able to give us uh, the view from the tournament organizer seat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a workload. You know, it's year-round promotions. You know, we're traveling to boat shows, fishing tournaments, uh, but more importantly, it's the daily interaction we have with social media that's been our biggest asset as far as showing everyone one, you know, what we have to offer. Um, you know, teams come from all over the United States, you know, the Caribbean, um, you know, they bring these sport fish yachts, uh, you know, to come spend a, you know, a week in Biloxi. That, that's something I hadn't thought about before. Um, I'm sure someone who has a, a nice big boat in Virginia might want to come and either, you know, bring their boat or at least participate in uh, with somebody else's. And how many fishermen can be on a boat as an entry into the class? Um, as many as they want. You know, when you submit an entry into the classic, you have four anglers that are part of the base entry fee, uh, which is about $6,000. Um, you know, if you have additional anglers, you know, it's additional $500, and it just contributes to the overall payout um, when it comes to the you know, event awards. Now, right now, we have about 125 teams, and we're looking at, you know, we're going to be paying out over $2.5 million if we stay on this track. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's just Wow. Uh, Robbie, our show is heard statewide, so forgive us for some of the landlubber questions. Like, no, this, like this first one. Billfish, Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic. So uh, uh, describe a billfish for me in case I ever come across one. Okay. It's, look at that fish. It's got a big pointy spear on its nose. Big dorsal fin. Can weigh anywhere from here's to keep it up. These things can weigh up to a thousand pounds. You know, Mississippi has the Gulf of Mexico record for the largest you know blue marlin ever caught, which is a thousand fifty four point six pounds. You know, that belongs to Mississippi. Okay, so now a billfish isn't a kind of fish. It's a it's a, a, it's a, it's a marlin. Um, okay, there's several. You know, you have billfish, and it you know basically refers to those species that you know have that similar look. You know, not necessarily like a cobia or a lemonfish, but a billfish, you know, they're very um, 
distinct looking. Okay. And you, you miss, mentioned that, uh, you know, Mississippi is prominent, but, uh, and this is the Gulf Coast Classic. Where where in Mississippi would you go to, to I guess, where does everyone leave from the same point? Yeah. So here's something that's really cool is on Thursday, oh, the teams that will start coming in next Monday, but everyone will congregate around Point Cadet Marina, which is right behind the Golden Nugget Casino. And on Thursday morning, uh, which I think is the 7th, everyone is going to pile up right behind the casino at Point Cadet, and they're going to do a big giant parade that everyone can see along the beach. And it lasts for a little over an hour, but it's really something to see. Oh, that's that's like uh, uh, your wish fulfillment. I'll take that one. Maybe I'll take that one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, if you want to see the fish that these people bring in, which is really something to see, um, you would come up to the casino on uh, Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. evening, and Saturday is their big weigh-in, uh, which is also in the afternoon and evening. And you can see the yachts back in. They're weighing all of the fish. It's really something neat because they're, they're so huge. It's not catch and release. It's catch and bring in and get weighed. Uh, then what happens to those big prizes, the, the big fish? Well, now we will donate it um, to like loaves and fishes and you know, different seafood places. But also, you know, the, there is an aspect of the event called, you know, for catch and release. You know, not all fish that are caught are brought back. And so we have a separate release division within the event. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they want to they, they want to keep the fish. You know, Dr. Jim Franks will do research on them, but they don't all forfeit the fish. Um, but, you know, the ones that do make it by, sometimes we even, you know, do, we'll do a cookout. And um, we'll use some of the fish that were caught offshore. Oh, well. everybody. great, great. You you touched on a, a little bit on how much prize money there is. How does it get uh, divided up? Well, it depends on the well, there's different categories. You have blue marlin, tuna, dolphin, wahoo, swordfish, catch and release. And, you know, it just depends on which divisions that you're in. First place, for example, could be $100,000 for blue marlin. And then, you know, you have the different optional categories where people will put more money up to win more money, essentially. And that's where the the pots and the payouts get really big. Uh, One of the things that we have new for this year is an opportunity if you break the if you are the heaviest yellowfin to break the Mississippi state record you win $500,000 cash. Wow. Now is that from a pot or do y'all have an insurance uh, rider for that one? We found an insurance rider. Okay. How did you decide to make it uh, the yellowfin? Um, it seemed like the most reasonable one or most attainable one to to break. You know, the 1054 for the blue marlin is just it's ridiculously big. <laughs> How often does uh, do these records get uh, topped? Not often. You know, just say, for example, the blue marlin, no one has broke it in uh, 16 years. And the yellowfin tuna, no one has broke it in 17 years. All right, but uh, if they if they're part of this tournament, then uh, they'll they'll maybe they're be able to cash in. Win some big money for breaking <laughs> that record. If uh, you know, maybe some of our coast listeners or I- anyone else who is listening, uh, is it too late to submit a boat? It's not too late to enter. Um, you can go onto our website. If you just remember the acronym for it, MGCBC. Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic and go to our website and you can see all the different boats that are coming um, on social media 
at MG CBC, Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic, you'll see a lot of our people and all the different yachts and the fish that are brought in. Well, we'll definitely have a link to that uh, when our show, MPB Season Pass, gets put up on the website later this afternoon. Now, if someone doesn't have a boat, is there a way for them to get in contact to crew on with somebody who does have a boat, or is it you just kind of have to have a friend or know somebody? If they come with a checkbook or a lot of cash, they'll find a spot for them. That's great. That's great. Yeah, be proud of the state of Mississippi and all that we have coming, especially to South Mississippi. Uh, this is awesome. We really stand out in the fishing world. Come out to the weigh-ins. If you, if you have some time available next weekend, please join us. Come to the Golden Nugget Casino. Um, the marina and the weigh-in will be taking place right behind. Remind us of the dates of uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic. It's June 4th through the 10th. And what all happens on the 4th? The 4th, the boats will start arriving. Um, on Tuesday, we'll have a Cajun dock party um, hosted by Louisiana Fish Fry Products and the Miller Lite Distributorship, FEB, the longtime sponsors of ours. Uh, Wednesday, we'll have registration. We'll have a captain's dinner. And then we'll go up to the pool for a pool party um, with music by the Molly Ringwalds. Thursday morning, we have Jambalaya and Bloody Marys followed by a boat parade. And Thursday evening, we'll have a downtown um, Ocean Springs, a pub crawl, where all of us will go bar hopping and we close the street off. Uh, Friday afternoon, we'll have a weigh-in. And Saturday afternoon and evening, we'll have a really big weigh-in, followed by awards brunch on Sunday morning. Well, Mississippi is uh, known as the hospitality state, so uh, we'll welcome all these uh, fishermen uh, that come in and have a good time in Mississippi. Robbie Carter from the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic, we appreciate you coming on and telling us all about your tournament. Long distance high five. (laughs) Great. Take care. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the NCAA Baseball Regional Tournament. One of the sites is in Oxford. Um, We'll also learn about the upcoming Dragon Boat Regatta being held at the Ross Barnett Reservoir in a little over a week. And there's a a charity golf tournament we'd like to talk to you about. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. (laughs) 
You're listening to MPB's Season Pass on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Liz Gill, and today we're going to talk about dragon boats and a golf tournament. But first, I want to interview our host, Jay White. (laughs) We're both hosts. Very much so. (laughs) Well, but you're the host that knows something. (laughs) And I want all of our... We're in trouble if that's the case. (laughs) Well, I want to make sure all of our listeners know that you also host an ESPN radio show from 4 to 5 in the Jackson area, The Sports Zone with Jay White. Yes, yes. We've tried to find the most original (laughs) uh, baseline name we could for a sports show. I had nothing to do with that, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, okay. So, Jay, it... It is not disputed that you have a wealth of information. So, uh, <laughs> whether it's uh, wanted or not, or uh, applicable or not, but right. you, I want to help us get caught up on the current events with the NCAA baseball because you are a baseball guy. You like the sport. Um, it's my favorite. Yes, it's it's always. I guess I approach things a lot more academically. And so the school semester is over, but uh, these baseball college boys, which you have to remember that they're student athletes, Mm -hmm. these college boys uh, still have their sport to compete in. Um, The national tournament for the NCAA baseball for the highest Division One mm-hmm. uh, that starts around the country tomorrow. So, where are some of these regional tournaments being held, and what? Tell us where are our Mississippi teams headed? All right. So the uh, NCAA baseball tournament uh, is a 64 team tournament, and it is they have 16 regionals. Um, tournaments that they play. The 16 regionals have four teams sent to each. Uh, and they try to keep them uh, kind of regionally spread out for the for the ultimate betterment of the game and its fan base. But a lot of times it sticks to uh, better weather places. Well, uh, and someone gets to be a home team, right? Yes, and that's that's a big deal. And it's it's... It's advantageous to be as good as you can during the regular season, so you get to play a lot of these games at home. Um, the top eight seeds in the tournament are the top eight ranked teams by the committee that puts the whole bracket together. Uh, they essentially will be they're guaranteed playing at home until the College World Series round, which is the final eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's those top eight. Uh, seeds are really important to get. And Ole Miss got one of those this year. They're the number four team in the country coming into the tournament. So as long as they keep winning, uh, they'll be at home uh, at uh, Oxford University Stadium in Oxford um, so much as they keep winning until College World Series time, uh, which is uh, every year is at a TD Ameritrade Park. Rolls right off the tongue. In Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Oxford Oxford gets their their home court uh, home field home field. <laughs> uh, so uh, what about uh, now State and Southern uh, Mississippi State you, and, and yeah Mississippi State and Southern Miss both made the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, two seeds within their their own regional. So um, in each regional, they have uh, for the purpose of figuring out who needs to play who they they seed one two three four Mm -hmm. in each region and mississippi state is a two seed in the tallahassee regional they're going to florida state uh and their first round opponent is uh uh, university of oklahoma and uh 
Then Southern Miss is a two seed as well. Uh, they are going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, University mm-hmm. of Arkansas, which is a national seed. I think they're a five overall. And um, their first round opponent is Dallas Baptist University. So uh, Southern Miss, I think their I think their first pitch time is seven o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, Mississippi State's uh, Ole Miss is six thirty tomorrow night, and Mississippi State is a uh, eleven a.m. if I'm not mistaken. So uh, brunch with the Bulldogs tomorrow. All right. It's one of it's one of three three games that kicks off the tournament at noon Eastern time uh, tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Do you know from players' perspective, and I guess from coaches' perspectives, do they like having early games because then they get it over with, or and there's not rain delays if there's rain delays, or do they like having the day to prepare and play later in the evening? That's a good question. I think um, I think. Not that there's, they have any control over it. There's but. no hard and fast rule on that. I think it goes it's it's player by player. Uh, some guys, I think they like the opportunity to play at an unusual time. Eleven a.m. is not a time when they're normally playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually at night or you know on on afternoons, on the weekends and stuff like that. Uh, so getting to play essentially in the morning is kind of cool, and so I think some guys would uh, would like it. I think it all depends on how how like your uh, your body clock works. Right. Some guys like that the 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 ability to have you know been awake for a while and, and gone through a, a big chunk of the process of their day before they can gear up gives them time to gear up to go into the game as opposed to playing way earlier when you know maybe you to get all of your routine in you have to wake up earlier right which throws you off a little bit which means the night before you probably need to go to sleep earlier and then you know maybe that could be a little bit uh, of a pesky situation but i think i think a lot of times being in an unfamiliar place um playing in places that don't necessarily run in the same circles as you or your contemporaries in your league it makes it fun for the guys it's it's new places to play new teams to see you know that, that kind of makes it uh, an unknown for everybody now with baseball you know just, just just as soon as i get understanding one sport we move to another sport <laughs> and it always changes so football you just play a game uh basketball a lot of these with the, the pros, it's you know best of seven. Mm-hmm. With this re, uh, regional tournament in Oxford, uh, how many match? How many times does a one team play another team? Well, this is interesting. You know, baseball, pro baseball is the it's by far the longest of the seasons. It's 162 games, and so it stretches on for a long time. College baseball is similar to that. They have a 56 a mandated 56 game regular season, and the tournament, unlike let's say the March Madness, the basketball tournament. Right. Um, the men's and women's tournament is there are 64, the men is 68 uh, team tournament, and it's single elimination all the way through. Right. So win or you go home. Right. Uh, baseball is different. And um, so the, these regional tournaments, the 16 four team regionals, mm-hmm. it's a double elimination four team okay. tournament. And the 16 winners of those advance into what they call the super regionals, which will be eight. Uh, series that are best two of three. Oh, okay. And so then the, the the eight winners of those Super Regionals go to the World Series, the College World Series in Omaha, where they have two 
four-team brackets. That's double elimination. Mm -hmm. And the winner of those two four-team brackets face off in a best two of three national championship series. And that seems convoluted, but I love it because it's not tournament play is different than series play. Right. You have to balance your pitching in different ways. If you fall into the loser's bracket early, you got to play a bunch of games to catch up. And so... You know, a lot of these teams in the past, it was all just tournaments. Mm -hmm. And now it's a tournament to get to a series to get to a tournament to get to a series. And I love that because, you know, teams that will just be good in tournament play, they're going to get washed out. If you're just good in series play, you get washed out. This this gives you the best idea of who the best team is overall. And I I like that because during the regular season, you're playing a bunch of series. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you get to the postseason and you're playing tournaments. You know, and your season is riding on a guy who's pitched like five minutes, you know, because you've worn through all your pitchers over the course of four or five games in three or four days. And I I like the fact that they cut back on that and they've made it more overall picture of who the better teams are. Right. So after our we've got uh, it'll be in Oxford for this uh, regional Mm -hmm. and then whether or not Ole Miss continues the super regional will be in Oxford. Yes. If Ole Miss wins their regional then the super regional that they play will be at Ole Miss. But if they lose the super regional will be at Ole Miss. No. Oh, the, okay. The the Super Regional will be at mm, whichever is the highest seeded team. Oh, okay. Between the two regionals that are kind of blocked off together well, on, on the bracket. Ju- I'm just thinking from the groundskeeper point of view, you know, your number two seeds, you've got to... So, okay, so like number two seeds. So Mississippi State, they're going to Tallahassee, but if mm-hmm. Tallahassee leaves, they go to Starkville? Well, I mean, it, it depends. So these the, the regional are kind of they're the the way the tournament is laid out the regionals are kind of blocked two by two mm-hmm. and so you have two regionals that are kind of locked together to form the oh, two teams that will okay. play in the super regional okay. so you know southern miss is in the fayetteville regional and they're the number two seed and they're blocked in with the greenville north carolina regional oh east, all right east carolina university uh, so let's say Ohio State, who is the three seed, wins that regional, mm-hmm. and Southern Miss wins up in Arkansas. Right. Then Southern Miss would be the higher of the two teams. Okay. And Southern Miss would host the Super Regional, conceivably. Uh, so it, it could happen. In Mississippi State, the same could happen to them. So what about for fans? Uh, uh, is this a season ticket holders only kind of thing? Or can uh, are there day-of-game tickets available? How, can, can just a regular person drive up to Oxford to see a game? I think it depends on where the games are. Um, There are probably some tickets that you can get um, for the Oxford Regional, certainly for the non-Old Miss games. I'm sure there are a ton of tickets that are left. Um, The Old Miss games, they might be sold out uh, by now. I think it just depends. Like, you know, last year, Southern Miss hosted a regional, and – they there's that regional sold out in I don't know it was like 30 45 minutes or something like that Mm -hmm. and all the tickets to all the games were sold Um, I mean part of that is because Mississippi State and Southern Miss both played in that regional last year she had a ton of local interest it depends a a lot of the parks are kind of like minor league baseball-ish in size and so if if you've got a stadium with four or five thousand seats you know they're sometimes 
there can be a crush on tickets a little bit. You get some of these bigger stadiums that like LSU and Mississippi State and Ole Miss have. Arkansas is one of those. It's a bigger stadium, seat 9, 10, 12, 15,000 sometimes. And um, you, you can find plenty of place to sit. Well, <laughs> I, I tried to get my Ole Miss student to clean up her apartment so that we could rent it on Airbnb as a place in Oxford, but she didn't want to, Absolutely <laughs> she you didn't could. Want to clean it up. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think that, that matters necessarily. <laughs> all right. So uh, one one last minute. Uh, of course, we all root for the home team, but uh, who else should – who should we keep our eyes on nationally? Who's Who are three or four that you think can uh, maybe make it to Omaha, Nebraska? All right. Well, uh, this, is, this is interesting. Florida is the number one team in the country. Yeah. They're the defending national champions. Uh-huh. They were the SEC champions this year. Um, but going down the stretch, I think the, the last weekend of the regular season, they were swept uh, in a three-game series by Mississippi State. Yeah. So they kind of limped into the postseason a little bit. And now they have to play State again. Oh, well, they're, they are, they're in a bracket on the other side. Oh, but okay. if they get to the College World Series, yeah. there's a chance they yeah. could run into Mississippi State. Um, the other is, from a local standpoint, and this is this is why baseball is such a big deal in Mississippi, college baseball anyway, unlike any other sport where we have such an uphill climb to, to be with the who's who's right. of that sport, baseball is different. Um, Mississippi has a bunch of teams. That mean, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss have all been to the College World Series in the last decade. And, um, you know, Mississippi State played for the championship in 2013, I believe it was. Um, they played in the National Championship Series. And uh, this year, Ole Miss is a number four team in the country. They, they've got a chance. They just won the SEC Baseball Tournament, uh, which is – that's the tournament that involves all of the best teams from the best conference in the country. So uh, there's not a better proving ground going into the tournament. But – that doesn't necessarily guarantee you success in the tournament. All right. So uh, we'll be keeping our eyes on it. Thank you very much, Jay White, <laughs> for speaking with us. And remember, Jay, is uh, he's a regular host of this show, but he also hosts ESPN Radio Show uh, on the Sports Zone with Jay White. Thank you. Weekdays at 4. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so when we come back from the break, we're going to speak with Paige Peterson. Uh, Jay, we need to get us a team. Uh, there She's the executive director of the Madison County Chamber of Commerce, and they're hosting a Dragon Boat Regatta June 9th. It's not too late. You and 19 of your best friends get together and sign up. We've also got some information about a charity golf tournament. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Thanks for tuning in to MPB's Season Pass. I'm Liz Gill with Jay White. We're pleased that you're listening to us today. Now, remember, if you miss any of our shows, you can listen to them online at mpbonline.org. You can also listen to the podcasts on whatever platform you get your podcasts. I'd like to welcome to the show the Executive Director of the Madison County Chamber of Commerce, Paige Peterson. Welcome, Paige. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Well, we're so glad. This is intriguing to me, but I haven't ever participated. But, you know, maybe there's hope for this year. Uh, Y'all are sponsoring a Dragon Boat Regatta. So Regatta is a boat competition, but what's a Dragon Boat? A Dragon Boat is, it's a 2,000-year-old tradition, and it's actually started over in China. And we started this 10 years ago, we be in the Madison County Chamber of Commerce. We started this 10 years ago out at Old Trace Park, and these boats, they come in from Canada. They are 40-foot-long boats, and you have 20 people paddling to all to the beat of one drummer. And the drummer sits on the front, and it's just it's an, four people paddle at one time, and they race, and it's just an awesome thing to see. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I'm uh, 40, I'm thinking, you know, 40 feet, maybe somebody's, you know, uh, bottom to knee is two feet, so I'm, you know, 20, <laughs> 20 uh, thigh lengths. I'm trying to picture the, the scope of that. So that those are pretty long. Who are. Who participates in racing the boats? You can have anybody participate. We have corporate, we have corporate teams. Um, they come from all around, um, all around the Tri-County area. We've actually had people come in from out of town as well. Um, but you can have companies, you can have friends, you can have, I mean, people come out and they set up their tent and they tailgate and it's just a, you know, a fun day at Old Trace Park on the reservoir watching everybody race. Do you have to bring your own dragon boat to compete? Absolutely <laughs> not. We take care of the boats. You just bring yourself. We even have the life vests for everyone. Oh, excellent. Now, <laughs> are uh, the competitors, is this something they practice all year long? No. Well, <laughs> they do get practice. They get practice for one hour, Monday through Wednesday. That's at Pelican Cove. But now we do have some teams that will take it, you know, they'll take a paddle or a canoe and they'll get out there and, and say that they're practicing. Um, and Baptist last year, they actually built their own little boat out of cardboard and tried to paddle in their pool. <laughs> so that was definitely um, very interesting and a different way of practicing. So you are given practice, but some people take it, um, they, they take it very serious and you have your competitors and your non-competitors. Let's just say that. <laughs> so what, what does a group get out of it? Why would a group decide to participate? Is it just for the, the glory of winning? What, what are some reasons you've heard or some benefits that a group has gotten out of participating? You know, I really, I think there's a lot of different answers to that. Um, a lot of people, they will do it um, just for the camaraderie of, you know, just the win and just the fun and being out there and the tailgate. And then you have some that, you know, you've got a, a company that might have hired a bunch of new people and they just want everybody, they, they bring everyone out there and that's their company picnic for the day. And it's a way to build, um, you know, just build relationships and, you know, between everybody in the company and, you know, just team building. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I think that 
it's just it's a lot of fun for everyone. Would you say all of the paddlers are triathlon Ironman caliber? Mm, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Look, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. Trust me. Um, now, you have some teams that definitely they are. Um, They've got we, their ringers. <laughs> that's right, yes. Um, and you know who to look out for, too, for sure, because they they come dressed in their armor and their gear, and that's another thing. Um, you know, the teams also, they don't compete just for the trophy. They There's a paddler's contest, um, a paddler's party, where they decorate the paddle and they bring it to Jackson Yacht Club on Thursday. And so they actually they compete for a trophy for that. There's first, second, and third place. Um, but they also, the day of, they're competing, of course, to win the race, but they can have best the best tent, um, the best spirit. They can have the best drummer. We had a drummer last year that actually dressed up as a shark and had on, um, <laughs> I do believe that was Southern Farm Bureau. They dressed up like a shark and had that costume on, and we've had a ginger and a skipper. And, you know, so they there's a best T-shirt decor, you know, best T-shirt that wins the prize. So there's a lot of things to win and, you know, a lot of different ways to get involved and also have fun. Okay, well, I love a good decorated T-shirt, but this is a sports show in PB season pass. <laughs> so what's the format of the race? Is it just a free-for-all? Are there heats? There are. There, um, it's You go in and they're, they race their division first. Um, we have seven different divisions, and so you'll be set up in your division, and your division, you race for that trophy first. There's different industry cups. And then once that's over, whatever your time was in your division race, that puts you in a heat. And then that starts, you know, that actually starts the race. And our great north, great white north guys, they actually do all of that for us. That's We bring them in from Canada, and so nobody's mad at us because it's their decision <laughs> on everything. <laughs> That's even, how we even, like it. <laughs> even the T-shirt uh, uh, awards? Well, <laughs> we do actually. We put them in the golf carts, and we let them ride around and look at everybody's T-shirts and choose. But, you know, they, they've started to make friends with some of these teams because they've been they've been here for 10 years so we kind of we choose we choose different people every year and we try to be silent about those kind of awards. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you, you've you've mentioned uh, some of the the tents and the tailgating what goes on on the day of the regatta so we actually we start the we start the regatta at nine um, at nine o'clock and we will start with an opening ceremony we'll have the color guard and the anthem and you know there'll be an alderman chuck goche will be there um he'll be there talking and we'll do a warm-up and rochelle colt does that from tobacco coalition and she does an awesome job at that um so she'll get everybody pumped up and ready to go and do the warm-up and um that's actually where everybody competes for the spirit stick and she will give that award away there so she does that and that kicks off the race then at 9.30, the races will start. And, of course, our Great White North guys, they come in and um, they will line everybody up. They'll go to marshalling. We have um, all of our radio stations. Um, the Y'all should be out there. <laughs> we, I was thinking uh, y'all need to be out there. The radio people, um, they are coming out, so they'll they'll have it all on the radio. But we've got a kid's zone. That's free. We've got um, 
arts and crafts vendors this year, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so if there is lag time or downtime with some of the teams while they're waiting, they can shop if they want. Um, <laughs> we have vendors, so they um, they can go and get something to eat. Some people have it catered. They'll have their tents catered, and um, they'll do that. But for spectators or anybody else, there's free food and arts and crafts, and we're going to have a, a game trailer this year and laser tag. There's a lot going on. Oh, my. All right. So can groups still sign up for the 2018 regatta? Absolutely, they can. All they have to do is call us here at the Chamber office. Great. We'll have that uh, uh, phone number on our website, and I notice your website also has some videos, so folks can kind of watch those to see what they're when they're getting into. But uh, let's say over the air, when is the regatta? The regatta is June 9th, and that starts at 9 o'clock at Old Trace Park. All right. And uh, when does, if, if people just love it so much, when can they start signing up for 2019? They can call us the next day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Paige Patterson, Executive Director of the Madison County Chamber of Commerce. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you being on MPB Season Pass. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Have a good day. about to take our last break of the show. When we come back, we're going to hear about a charity golf tournament that's coming up. We hope you're enjoying MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. If you will, go to our website, mpbonline.org, and uh, there you can find the Season Pass page, subscribe to the podcast, find audio on demand, and much, much more for Season Pass and all of the different shows that we uh, produce here each and every day on MPB Think Radio. In the studio with me now, I have John Wiener. John does a bunch of stuff for Bash Brothers Media, which is a, a cool thing that he has going on. He is also a uh, host on uh, ESPN Radio here in Jackson, um, along along with myself. Uh, but t- today we have him in here because he's got a really cool event that's coming up uh, in the Jackson area uh, that uh, we want to let everybody know about. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to it's good to have you here in the studio. Thank you for having me in. It's good to be in a real professional studio. <laughs> I knew Walked that. Was, the, you knew that was coming. I knew, I knew it was coming. I Not to throw shade on any other studios around here. Well, you know. 
And the trophies in the front. Once I found the entrance, I went around in the back and then walked around the dirt path on the back all the way around to the front. It could be a maze. And then I walked in and I saw all the shining trophies. I said, oh, this is more like a a front entrance to MPB. (laughs) We're all the way in the back, if you noticed. Yeah, I I noticed that. I went through the the kids in the nursery and (laughs) put Jay Jay back here with these guys. Right, exactly. (laughs) Sealed off by glass doors. Anyway, I'm I'm great, man, and it's good to have you in. And you've got an event coming up. I know it's near and dear to your heart, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's also near and dear to my heart. So I'm glad to have you on and uh, and give you the platform to tell people across the state of Mississippi about what's going on. Well, thanks. It's the Michael D. Johnson Memorial Foundation, and Mike Johnson was a great friend of mine, a great great athlete at Murrah High School who was killed in uh, 2005 at the age of 19 by a drunk driver. Right. at the steps of the old Capitol. I uh, was coming home from a Jackson State game to see his cousin, Trey Johnson, uh, who, you know, right, draft, yeah. drafted in baseball out of Murrah High School um, as well as played in the and NBA out of Jackson yeah. State. So uh, their family has a, a long history and a proud history of uh, great athletes. And Mike was one of the best athletes to ever come through Jackson. Um, best shortstop I've ever seen. Not even close. Um, he reminded so many people of... Uh, Ozzie Smith, of course, he was a black guy, so people would always find the make that black comp, shortstop yeah. to make the comparison to Pokey Reese. I'm like, can he be, you know, Jeter or anything <laughs> else? Um, but Mike was amazing. Uh, was an unbelievable point guard, too. Won the state championship for Murrah uh, in 2005 with your guy, Jeremy Wise, who went down to yeah. Southern Miss. So Mike was a point guard and Jeremy played, too. Uh, so Mike got killed that summer at the age of 19. And beyond being such an incredible athlete he was such an incredible person and he used athletics for the best that it can be he was such a stand-up guy extremely accountable immensely humble for as great as he was always looked out for others so that's some of the history of Mike so he was such an amazing you know uh, person and it was such a big loss for so many people um, that we started a foundation in his honor, um, the Scholarship Foundation, that gives back to JPS student-athletes who were very much like Mike to help them go to college. Um, so we have a big scholarship application process every year, and um, JPS student-athletes, outgoing seniors who excel in athletics, academics, and community service, we give them scholarships, the winners, yeah. um, to help them go to college. Uh, so how do we raise money for the foundation. Well, we do it through our events that we have this weekend. Um, we raise money for the scholarship through our 5K walk, and this will be the eighth annual 5K walk this weekend in downtown Jackson. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so tell me a little bit about all the festivities going on, because I know it's more than just the yeah. walk, yeah. and um, it is going on more than just downtown in the Jackson area. So it, It'll be 8 a.m. in downtown Jackson. We always kick it off. Um, it, it's it's just it's grown every year. It's a big group. Clarence Irby with Energy uh, will be the Grand Marshal for us. Um, Mike's dad has been with Energy uh, for a long time, so they're a great partner with us. So the walk will be 8 a.m. in downtown Jackson. It's $30 to register. It's going to be a pretty good morning. Um, it's a nice walk right through downtown, and you come. A lot of people run, Jay. I don't run. <laughs> I, I walk. You can look at me until I, I stroll. Run. I kind of swag and saunter around and yeah. talk people, you know, because that's kind of what I do. Um, but uh, 
So the walk is it's thirty dollars, and like I said, all the proceeds go directly to the scholarship thirty dollars. Yeah, um, all you got to do is show up with your checkbook or with your cash, pay thirty bucks, donate, and you walk and run. You get a t-shirt. Um, so that'll be downtown at eight o'clock, and then we'll go over to. Michael D. Johnson Memorial Field. And that's a whole nother part of this story that we didn't even add in, that the baseball field over there in front of Smith Wills, where Murrah plays, where uh, so many of the JPS schools play, where uh, so many North Jackson youth baseball teams played, and where Mike really starred as a kid for Murrah and, and even before that and all of our all-star teams. Uh, that field was named in his honor by the city council through an initiative we started five, six years ago. Uh, more than that, I guess it was 2008. Geez, time flies. Ten years Ten ago. Ten years ago, yeah. Um, to name that field in his honor. So we now have a, uh, we go over to the field and have a big barbecue and have the scholarship presentation. What's so cool is all the scholarship winners have been coming back now That's because awesome. they're so proud yeah. to, uh, of, of, and grateful for what we did, you know, for what it meant for them. And they've gone on now to be, you know, valedictorians in their class and college and running companies already. Cause like I said, we've been doing this eight years now in terms of the foundation. So some of them have already gone through college and gone all the way it's out pretty amazing, and they right? come back. It, it's so touching. Last year was so neat. I think we had six of the eight scholarships, six of the seven scholarship winners uh, come back. So we go over to the field and have a big celebration and a barbecue. And last year I got the idea. I said, you know, let's, let's add a baseball game to this thing. So last year we added the Michael D. Johnson baseball classic um, to happen after the event. And this year we're doing it again. So this will be our second one. Last year was Murrah Callaway to start it off 12 o'clock, high noon, six innings, great time. Um, This year it'll be Murrah and Jim Hill, 12 o'clock. So if you want to catch some baseball, get some concessions, donate that way, come, you know, see see the show, see people. Um, that'll be a good event too. Like I said, it's, it's not really a money raiser like the walk is. That's sort of the bulk of how we sure, raise yeah. the money because it's free admission. Just come out and see baseball. But everything that me, that our relationship was with, with Mike was about baseball. And um, as we talked about earlier this week, so much of what I want this foundation to be is um, to help grow baseball in the city because it had such a big impact on our lives and can have such a a big impact on so many lives and, and um, you know, as all sports can, but baseball is in an interesting spot in Jackson, you know, compared to basketball or football, certainly. So um, that's part of this uh, is, is also the baseball deal. So this will be our second Michael D. Johnson classic, and that'll be at, at 12 o'clock with Murray and Jim Hill. So Rob Jay's throwing out the first pitch. We've got some celebrities. <laughs> uh, it's sponsored by Play It Against Sports. They're going to uh, donate some, some prizes for the winning and losing team. So we appreciate Play It Against Sports coming on. Shout out, Jay. Absolutely. Jeff Thigpen and the guys. Um, so let me ask you this. So if, it's a big deal. Yeah, sorry, I go on forever with this. It's a no, lot it's okay. to kind of encompass in a, in a in one day and, and a legacy, really, and everything that's gone on. So let me ask you if, uh, you know, because we're all across Mississippi, so folks, you know, are touched by this or maybe you're from Jackson or something like that, but they live out of town now and want to be involved somehow or another but can't get down this weekend or get, can't get up this weekend to the to uh, Jackson. How, how is there is there another way they can be involved? I am glad you asked. There is. You're a pro. <laughs> Jay White, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, MichaelDJohnsonFoundation.org. There's right. a big Donate Now button actually right in the top right-hand corner specifically for that. And you can do it via PayPal. You can send a check right there all the proceeds go right towards the 
Michael D. Johnson Scholarship Foundation for JPS student athletes. So it's michaeldjohnsonfoundation.org, or you can, um, if you have any questions or for more information, you can email the foundation at mdjohnsonfoundation at gmail.com, but probably just stick with the website. We don't want to confuse people too much with alphabet soup. There you go. MichaelDJohnsonFoundation.org. And the, uh, the the folks you're talking to now, the MPB listeners, they're a, they're a generous bunch. So I expect some folks to take care of you. Well, good. I know I'm going to be. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, gotta, um, I was thinking today as I was coming in, you know, I got a lot of respect, you know, for the MPB operation and the, and the listenership that they have. I was thinking that, you know, because I'm on ESPN radio and I said I'm excited to get to talk to the the MPB audience because it's such a great audience and a statewide audience and you know I grew up listening to MPB before RKS I think was even around nah, probably <laughs> most definitely alright so uh, tell me about the, the process of selecting the winners Like, just just give me an idea or give the, give the listeners an idea of we got about three minutes left here yeah. the, the, the kind of the, the, the pile of papers that you have to file through and the, yeah. the resumes you have so to speak fortunately that's not my domain this is <laughs> sort of my role with the board and handling the baseball event um, we have a committee uh, that reviews the applications uh, there are, as I said, three components, and we have people who do a great job of circulating this out to JPS. So all of the all of the schools, the whole district, the high schools, um, send these out to the kids. And we've we've got a lot of applications this year, so they have to have a a three GPA. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to do as a part of this application. Uh, community service, a uh, certain number of hours. I think it's 25, 30 hours, so not a lot because, you know, high school kids have a lot going on. Um, but they have to have been doing community service already but then continue to do it once they start this application process. Yeah. So GPA, community service, and they have to play sports. They don't have to hit 500 like Mike did. Um, <laughs> but most of the people that uh, most of the kids ha- have all, you know, excelled in one way or another, baseball, soccer, uh, basketball, uh, and so it's those three components. Uh, they they write an essay for us. They fill out the whole application. Um, they they get the community service, you know, paper signed and everything. And uh, then they send it all in. And we have a committee that reviews it. And we've added scholarships because we've had so many applicants. Now we have a couple book scholarships that we give. That's cool. Yeah, for because you know. Five six hundred dollars for books can go a long way. Absolutely. I remember getting that first book tag. I said, "Man, um, so <laughs> you know, it's not a get. lot." We would like to give more. We would like to give more. Yeah. We'd like to give more money um, for more student athletes to attend college. And these are such outstanding kids. I can't stress it enough. And you know how hard it is. So we we we'd like to raise that number. So I'd encourage everybody. All the donations go right to that. So it's michaeldjohnsonfoundation.org. And come on out Saturday at 8 a.m. downtown Jackson or at the game at 12. It's going to be a blast. And the website? michaeldjohnsonfoundation.org. All right. It's a, a great opportunity to put back into people who at a very young age, and I don't know what I was doing when I was that age. <laughs> it's a good thing if I could get up before noon to put back into people who are putting into the community already yeah. at, a, at a high level. So that's an awesome thing. And uh, important to us, I know you're a JPS product. That's Mara. right. I'm a JPS product Wingfield. So it's a cool thing, I know, for both of us. Well, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, Dr. Jimmy Stewart has Southern Remedy Kids and Teens right here on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.